We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We give you praise for a day like this, O oh God. We thank you for ordering our steps into your house. We are so grateful. Not many have it like this, oh God. But Lord, you have blessed us with today. We say, oh God, today is the day that you, oh Lord, you have made. And we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, oh God, for drawing us close to you. Lord, we have come. Bless our lives. Change us, oh God. Break us, oh Lord. Mold us. Make us fit for your use. Father, oh Lord my God, we come against every resisted heart in the name of Jesus, every high-lifted mind that will oppose your knowledge. We come to you today. Change our lives. Let us return better than we came, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father, look at us, oh God. You know the places where we lack. and Father, fill those places in the name of Jesus. Fill our lives. Transform us. Turn our hearts to you, O God. May today be a transformation in our lives. Where it shall be said of us, we have been changed. We have seen the glory of the Lord. We thank you. Spirit of God, teach us. Lead us into your will and into your truth. We bless you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Shall every believer say amen? Please, may you be seated in the presence of God. Amen. How many of you believe that you are in a great church? Pastored by a very great pastor. I'm telling you, but if you don't know, our shepherd, Reverend Bright Nkrumah, is an international pastor. Amen. Many people are looking for him to come and minister. And you are blessed to be seated here with him. And like is usually the case, when you have something, you do not value it. Probably you have to interact with other church members in, in the same Lighthouse Church. And you wish how they are craving, that they wish Reverend is their pastor. So as you are here, you are blessed with a great gift. And the word of advice is that when you see somebody's pastor who is seem powerful, it depends on the church members. Amen. That is depend on the man of God. Because every man of God is anointed by God. He is a man of God. He has a nature of God in him. That's why God told uh, Moses, you will be a God unto him. So when you see a man of God or a servant of God sent to you, you must receive him like God. I'm not saying worship him like God. Receive him like God. You must value him. You must appreciate him. You must love him. Amen. Do not look at stature or how the person seems to look in, in, in front of you. But every man of God has the oil of God upon him. The anointing is what transforms a man. Because when you look at our lives, who are we? That God will use anyone. Amen. Amen. 
Bible says we were, we were made out of clay. And that's, how, that's who we are. But when God chose a man, when God selected a man from you, you must honor the person. Amen. Because the Bible says that Jesus actually told his, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he said, I know that you do not have the love of God in you. Because I came in the name of the Father, and you do not receive me. To show that you have the love of God in you is to receive the person God has sent to you. It's, it's not in saying you come here, you are singing all day. That's not a proof of your love for God. But the person who God has sent to you. And he just continued, he said, if another man come in his own name, he is the one you will receive. Because you have received many imposters. People who do not deserve to come to you. Those are the people that you have received. Amen. Amen. But I believe that will not be our story. We appreciate our pastor. And I believe that it's a good place for you to clap, to appreciate the servant of God that God has given to this church. Amen. We are blessed by him. And if you are here, your life is being changed. I believe your life is being changed because of the anointing which is in the house. Amen. Most of the time, when you, you are in a group, it's, it's very likely for you to think that what you are enjoying in the group is because of you. But actually, it may not be because of you. The blessings of God are for one particular person. And if only you get to associate yourself with that person, you'll be blessed. Amen. That's why friends of millionaires are always millionaires. So as you associate yourself with a, an anointed person, you become anointed. Amen. Amen. You become very anointed. So when you are in the presence of a blessed person, you become a blessed person. Amen. One time, Saul was looking for his missed horses. And then the prophet somewhere told him that, you go, when you go, you meet some prophet prophesying. There, the spirit of God will also come upon you. By getting to in touch with the prophet, he began to prophesy. And many who saw him, they said, what has come over the son of Kish? Who is Saul also among the prophets? And the Bible says he, he became a, a, a proverb. But may you never become a proverb in the name of Jesus. So it became a saying in town. Is Saul also among the prophets? By association with a prophet, you become a prophet. So as you are sitting here, blessed people, you become a blessed person. You will never be the same again. Hallelujah. But today we want to share from this book. So how many of you brought your copies to church? What I'm going to share with you is not different from what you have in this book. Amen. In fact, it's what you have heard before. Paul wrote to Timothy, say the same things which you have heard of me. Commit them unto faithful men who will also say, who will also commit to other faithful men so that it become something which is progressive. Amen. Amen. So I've heard the message from our father. You have also heard the same message. We sat in the same church. I'm going to preach the same message to you. Amen. Amen. Oh, you are not clapping for me. I'm going to preach the same message to you and your life will be blessed. Amen. So do not expect to hear anything extraordinary from this book. Amen. But I will announce to you that as I'm standing here, don't look at me by my stature. It's not that at all. Amen. Amen. Jesus told the people who were looking at him, said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. So as I'm standing here, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. God has inspired me with his words. Amen. Amen. And that's what will change your life. Receive it like you are receiving it from God. 
It is the word of God. It's not with the word of Chani. I cannot say anything to you to better your life. Amen. Amen. All that I will say is from the word of God. Amen. And I believe that God will bless us. Amen. God will touch our lives. Amen. And we'll never be the same again. Somebody say hallelujah to the Lord. Amen. Amen. But I will begin by saying that this book is your life. The book in my hand, or what you are having, is your life. How you turn out to be a Christian is in this book. The desire and the will of God for your life is this book. For many of us, we have been searching, Lord, what should I do? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to, how do you want me to serve you? But I'm telling you, this is the revelation of God for your life. Amen. What you want to become, what you are desiring, the vision you want to have, the vision is in this book. Amen. Amen. And I will encourage you and admonish you that if you are a church member, make sure you develop a desire and an attitude never to be just a church member who attends church. Amen. Amen. Because ideally, we would like professionals to do the work for us. I mean, if you go to the seamstress, you do not want an ordinary person to so your things, hairdressers, you don't want them to, like a common person to do. But the truth is that everything can be done by a professional or an ordinary person. Amen. Do you believe that? Yeah. Everything. Because when I was growing up, one of the things I realized about my mom is that she has never been to any of these schools, but she, can, she, she was able to do everything. Do you see? And she would do it even better than those who said they have been to school. Amen. She can do makeup for you. You'll be blessed. She can do your hair for you. And she knows how to gather things and sow. Amen. It's a blessing. So the truth of the issue is that God, God can use an ordinary person, a common person, to do extraordinary things. Amen. God can actually use a commonplace person like you to do his work. And that's how the things of the word are. The things of God and the things of the word are such that it can be done by both professionals and by ordinary people or lay people. Amen. Amen. So when you go to your workplace, you see that you have some professionals, but some people are also there who are not professionals. They have no certificate, no license whatsoever to be there. So they, they come there, but they also beautify the place. That's why you have cleanliness at your workplace. Let the cleaner go one day off and you see that your whole place will be smelling. Amen. They are there to beautify the place. So in the same vein, as you are here, God is using you to beautify his church. Amen. Amen. So the work of God cannot be done by just the professional pastor of the church. Because if you look at this church, how many of us have been to Bible school? And assuming the only person who has gathered from the Bible school is called a pastor. He's the only person doing the work. How can the work progress? Amen. So the work of God can actually be done by professionals and by lay people. Amen. And my advice to you is that never let your relationship with God be just things that God does for you. It's not a good way to relate with people that in your relationship or whatsoever you are doing, it's just about what you receive from the other people. But you must desire in your heart that you also do something for God. Desire that you also do something for God. Amen. It must not be 
because God will give me a car, that's why I'm in church. It must also be that you are also doing something for God. Amen. Because relationship is built when two people or more people come together, contributing their efforts. Amen. So actually, you cannot have a very good relationship with God if all that you desire from God is the car that God will give you. Or you cannot have a good relationship with God if all that you desire is that God, as I mean this church, give me a green card. Do you see? It, 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 that relationship cannot develop. That relationship is not a strong relationship. And it's a bad way to relate to God. Amen. That you are relating with God, you are in this church, only because God has uh, somebody give a testimony that God has changed the address, so you want the address to be changed. It's not, it's not a good way. Amen. But it must be that you must also endeavor that God, what am I doing freely and willingly for you as a volunteer in your house? What am I doing for you that I'm not being paid for? Because the thing that you are doing for me, I do not pay you for them. Amen. And that's what this book is about. So when you look at chapter 1, Bible's, uh, Bishop was describing, giving historical background of how God used common people to achieve great things. Amen. From church to political system, God has used ordinary people. I mean, we thank God for the pastors who have been to uh, Bible schools. You see, we thank God for them and we are grateful that God is using them to do his work. But you can also do something for God. Amen. Amen. You can also do something for the king of kings. You can also do something in appreciation to what God has been doing for you. Amen. Amen. And when you come to God and you take God's work and you are doing it, it's like you are coming for an exchange. Because the Bible says in Matthew 11, I believe verse 28, he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor, and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. But the verse I want to show you is that take my yoke, his work, take it upon you. And what will be the end result? Ye shall find rest for your souls. So as you are here, you are burdened. We only just have to have maybe have extra ear in your room and see the cry that you have been crying. See the anguish and the, the night that you can, sleepless nights you have been having. But those sleepless nights cannot go if you do not take the yoke of God. And if you come to God, you must be ready for that exchange. Just like if you are going for, you are going to marry, you are going to marry someone, you, you go with, uh, what do you call it? Suitcases and go and say, this is what I have. I want to take this wife. You must, if you come to God, don't only be there and say, oh, God, I want to receive from you. Come and say, God, this is what I can take. Listen. And that's the wisdom of God. O- ordinary or how we think of it is that when I have an issue and you want to help me, take my issue and don't give me any. But Jesus is saying that as you come to him, he also have a yoke. He said, take my yoke. Take my yoke. You have a yoke. A yoke for an, a yoke. <laughs> Amen. It's not a yoke I'm, you are giving. My, because God also has issues. What are some of the problems of? You are the evangelism ministry. To win souls. How souls to be won? Eh. Amen. Amen. So you, God also has problems. Are you not Jesus? It's, this, this, is the words, this is the words of Jesus. Say, come and learn of me. 
So Jesus also had issues. You think you're the only person who has problems? The church that's supposed to be free, people don't all come to the church. So Jesus is saying that if you want rest for your soul, you want your problem to be solved. I mean, do not come to me empty-handed. You take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn. Because that's the way I relate to people. I take yokes and people also give me. That's the learn of me. I want, to, I want to get close to God. I take the yoke upon you to come and kill myself and die for you. That's the way I want to relate with you. Amen. So anybody who comes to God, anybody who wants to really have a relationship with God, must be prepared for this. If you are not able to do this, you can't be a good Christian. You can never be a good Christian. You'll be, you'll be just some way person. If you, as a human being, will not accept anybody who is in relationship with you, doing just always, you are the person calling the person, giving your money, buying the person birthday gift, and the birthday, you or your birthday, the person slam it over, would you be mad? Would you be mad? So God is saying, Jesus is saying, if you want to come to me, if you want to come to me, look, it's an honor to do something for God. Yes. The issue that you have with the doctor is in solving, taking Jesus' job. Yes. The issue that you have been crying about, it can be solved. Look, the pastor may water you with oil, may water you with uh, whatever it is, <laughs> with anything and whatsoever it is, your problem will not go until you take the yoke. Nobody will come to God and go just like that. Amen. Anybody that you see who God has blessed in the Bible, they took the yoke of God. They took the yoke of God. So as you are coming to God, you need to be ready for such an exchange or else you cannot have a good relationship with God. And that's what this book is about. How you can serve God as a volunteer or a lay person. You are not being paid for what you are doing, but you are doing it. It's the yoke. And the yoke is, is, is a hard metal that they use on horses to humble them. They put it on you. So you think that what is going to put on you is hard. But your problem is more difficult than what God has for you. To care for somebody, oh, you just call. I mean, this, those shabby work that you have been doing. We just call people, we check on you how you are doing, pray for you. Even prayer, we do not pray for you. We, we serve God like anyhow. That, but that's the yoke. We have taken out some, some part of it. Amen. But what God will do for you cannot be compared to what you are doing for him. What God has done for you. I mean, let's, all, all of us, let's hold our, this thing for five minutes. And you see, many of us, you'll be shaking here like somebody. That they, but that's what it is. Amen. So today, I'm going to share with you from chapter 2 of the book. Chapter 2 of the book. What happens when there are no laymen and volunteers? If you read this book, you notice that it's like the book is written for pastors. Is that not it? What will happen when there are no uh, laymen and volunteers? So it's like Paul writing, uh, writing to Timothy and say that this is what I want you to do in church. Appoint pastors here. Titus, do this, do that, do that. But if you read this book, you equally think that you are the one that the, this thing, book is written to, to tell others. Amen. Because the first point is that if you do not allow lay people in the ministry, are, are you, I do have a ministry now. You do not. Right? The first point is if you do not allow lay people in the ministry, you will, you will kill. So, what I want us to do today, or the 
point of view I want us to take is to take it in relation with us not doing it for God. What will happen if you do not serve God as a volunteer? You, you, I'm not talking about somebody. You do not serve God as a volunteer. What will happen to you if you do not serve God as a lay person? So, do you understand what I'm, where I'm coming from? So, the first point that Bishop wrote to pastors, this is a, a ministerial book for pastors, okay, to encourage people to serve in the church as lay people. Or, like usually, what we, are, and what we know or what we have come to know is that everybody who works in the church must be paid. Don't you, don't you, that's what, that's the ideology that we have. You see, but actually, Bishop had discovered this ministry that ordinary people can also work in, in the church. They are working without being paid. You see, so Bishop was explaining to pastors that if what will happen in your ministry if you do not allow lay people to serve in the ministry? And the first point he raised was that if you do not allow lay people to work in the ministry, you will kill the principle of sacrifice in the church. Amen. Amen. But now, what we are looking at from this same chapter, look, everything that we are looking is in reference to this chapter, is that what will happen if you do not volunteer to serve God? What will happen if you, you as a person, you as Bernice, you do not volunteer? Or what will happen if you always want to be paid for the work of God that you are doing? What will happen if you do not do the first thing that will happen if you do not volunteer to serve God is that you will kill the principle of sacrifice in your Christian life. Your Christian life. Not my Christian life, your Christian life. I'm, not, I'm saying your Christian life. You will kill the principle of sac- sacrifice. Because when you come to Christ, it's one man's affair. You must take your cross. Amen. It's your, your, your life is a ministry. And so if you come to God and you do not sacrifice, you will kill the principle of sacrifice in your Christian life. Because Bishop, the first one says that Christianity represents what? Sacrifice. Amen. So if you come to God, you must know that you are also supposed to sacrifice. Amen. And if you do not serve God as a volunteer or as a lay person, you will kill that principle of sacrifice in your life. Amen. Every relationship or a lot of relationships are based on something. Every relationship that we see that is going on, marriage, uh, being at work or anything, is based on something. Amen. Is somebody, do you understand what I'm sharing? But you seem like you are. So every relationship, I was saying that every relationship is based on something. Some is based on money. Others are based, if I would say sex, others are based on love or whatsoever it is. Amen. Many people form relationships based on several reasons. In the same way, if you want to have a relationship with God, you want to have a genuine and a true relationship with God, it's based on sacrifice. Without sacrifice, you cannot have any good relationship with God. How many of us want to have a relationship with God? That relationship cannot happen in your life if you are not ready to lay down something. It cannot happen. Read the Bible and you see the people who have relationship with God. Abraham, talk about him. He has to kill his own son 
Can you kill yourself for God? Can you? You see, if, if, if you cannot sacrifice, you cannot have any good relationship with God. You cannot sacrifice your time. You cannot sacrifice your sleep. You cannot sacrifice. If you look at the people who are anointed, they have to sacrifice their stomach. You cannot fast. Oh, there's no relationship. You cannot have any relationship with God. You cannot. So you are killing the principle of sacrifice in your Christian life. So you are, we are paying you for everything that you are doing. Don't think that you are, you are relating with God. There is no relationship. Moses was a sacrificer. Anybody that you read in the Bible, look, read the whole Bible. If you remove sacrifice from your Christian life, you are done. There's no relationship. There's no Christianity. You want to come to serve God. You want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior. You must sacrifice your face. The shame that you are walking in front of people like this. Some who are looking at you as a bad person. That's why I said, if you are shy of me, I'll also be shy of you. You must lay down something to have a relationship. Amen. How many of you here, girl, ladies, that when a guy is chasing you, you don't want the guy to be proud and say that this is the girl I love? You see, uh, 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 they always when he see you, then he's shy. You cannot have a relationship with somebody. Amen. You also want that you come and knock on your door and say, oh, this, I'm looking for this person. When your parents ask you, you should be bold enough to talk. Amen. Amen. So if you're not ready to sacrifice anything, you cannot even have a relationship with a, a mere person. If you want to sacrifice, you have to have, you must be able to stand and say that this is my friend. Though I am bad, I am a wicked person, you must be able to stand by me for you to have a relationship with me. If you reject me, I will reject you. That, that's the, the way it is. So anybody who wants to have genuine relationship with Christ, you must be ready to let something go. So Jesus said in um, Matthew, let's read the scripture in the Bible. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. You want to follow Jesus Christ. He's saying that to, for you to have relationship with me, for you to be able to say that when they, are, when they see me walking about you are with me, deny yourself. It's because for self-denial. It's like you don't like yourself. You, you have to, if you want to follow Christ, you have to deny yourself. You have to deny yourself. You want to have a relationship with God, it's called for self-denial. Amen. And take up your cross. You don't want suffering. You must suffer for Christ. Bible says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 29, how many of you believe you are even called by God? You believe that God has called you. Bible says that, for unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on his name, but also to, sacrifice, to suffer for his sake. You, you only want to believe in God, that God will give you things. He said, one appointment I have for you, believe on me. Second one, suffer for my sake. You cannot have a genuine relationship. So you see Christians, you come today, you are there, tomorrow you are not there. You don't have any relationship. You see, and a lot of relationships are based on something. And the best example I can give is marriage. You see, when you marry, okay, a lot of things doesn't nullify the marriage. For instance, when your wife doesn't cook for you, doesn't nullify the marriage. If your wife doesn't sweep the room or the house, doesn't nullify the marriage. She will decide not to cook for you. Your husband will decide not to give you chop money. He doesn't nullify the marriage. I'm serious about what I'm saying. It doesn't nullify the marriage. When a marriage is based on one thing, one particular thing, and even the law of this land supports it, that you are married to a person 
two years, the person has not swept your room before, your house is dirty. Please, go and clean it. It doesn't nullify the marriage. Go and clean it. Rise up and... The person has not cooked for you before. Rise up and cook yourself. Because uh, no court will listen to you. No lawyer will listen to that argument that... The, who should... Rise up and... <laughs> rise up and go and clean... Go and, go and clean your, the house yourself. Amen. So marriage is based on something. Amen. Your wife has no cook for you for two years. I mean, this land we know. You go, people always, they are in restaurants, they are eating. It doesn't make them, they say they call themselves husband and wife. <laughs> Unless you are from a certain place that you are, it's your uh, culture that a wife should cook for the husband. That is, is some way. But here it's normal. If it's, it's very normal for a wife not to cook for the husband. And say, every day, let's go to the restaurant. Some people don't even have uh, cooking uh, utensils at home. So when you, that's why you, you must pray with the person you marry. And choose very, because when you marry such a one, oh, you never eat. And when, <laughs> and when, when you also go to the court, nothing, the court will not decide to nullify the marriage. But marriage can be dissolved. I mean, I may, I may be lying. I may be lying. If you are a lawyer here, I may be lying. But you can also check your law book. You see. If you marry and a couple do not have sex for two years, it's enough grounds that they, the marriage should be dissolved. That's why they have a, a term uh, called, uh, what do you call it? Consummation. When the mar- marriage is consumed based on sex. So you can do what you call a consent. Or I accept you are this thing. The, to, the, to the law system, it is called the marriage has been verified. But for the marriage to be valid, it must be consummated. That's why they are carried to go on honeymoon. If you do not go, <laughs> you see, what, what I'm saying, I'm not married, but I've read about it. I've, I've read about it. Amen. So, so the marriage is, is made valid by sex. So when you go to court and say, my wife has not slept with me for two years, they say, please, you can come. This marriage can be canceled. It's, it's supported. If you go, the Connecticut uh, uh, law support that even six months or one, to one year, if you don't have uh, sex with your wife, the marriage is valid enough to be canceled and say that this is a divorce case. Separated, you go your separate way. Amen. So, what I'm saying is that the same way, if you truly want to have a relationship with God, you, you see, you can come to church and come and shout hallelujah. It's no relationship with God. But if you cannot sacrifice for God, your relationship with God is not, nothing. It's nothing. You, you, you be in church, you think you are walking all around, you are, everybody knows you as a Christian, you do not have a relationship if you are not willing to let something go. Jesus said, if any man come after me and deny not and hate not, no, denier is hate. And hate not his father, his mother, his wife, his children, brothers and sisters, and yea, his own self. He cannot be my disciple. To be a disciple of God, it calls for sacrifice. So if you do not sacrifice, look, you have killed that principle in your life. And you think you are a Christian, better, better know the person you are serving. Better know the person you are having a relationship. You can come to church. Pastor will know. Look, Reverend knowing you is one part of your Christian life. But God knowing you and having a relationship with God 
It's another life. So as you are here, you come to church, you come and say, oh, at the end of the service, you come and shake Reverend. It does not mean you have relationship with God. You have relationship with Reverend, not God. Amen. Just like if I have relationship with uh, Brother Banson, doesn't mean I have relationship with his father. That's the same way. No, I can know him, but I don't know his father. I don't, I don't know his father. I, I, he may be my friend. I may laugh with him, but if his father should stand here, I don't have any relationship with him. You see? So may, many of us are based our, our Christian life on people that, who are spiritual and we, we are and align ourselves with them. But you personally, you can't wake up and pray. You, quiet time, nothing. Zero in your life. And you want to have relationship with God? There's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. You, you may do whatever you want to do. I mean, you can't. You see, and the truth is that you may think, oh, you are not doing anything, but you are also sacrificing somewhere. You cannot come to church early, leave your home early, wake up early. You want to have eight hours, what you call therapy, is it thera- therapeutic sleep? You cannot have any relationship with God. You are a Christian who do not read the Bible. There's no relationship. It's a sacrifice because the Bible is not a, it's not a book that you would naturally desire to read. You must sacrifice something to have a relationship. Read the Bible. If you have time, read Hebrews chapter 11. All the people who are called heroes of faith and they say they have done this, they have done that. Even harlots learn the principle of sacrifice. Hey, uh, what do you, Rahab? She, stop, she sacrificed her whole life. She knew that she would be killed, but she decided to hide the people of God. And that's what she was saved. You want to have a relationship with God? I'm sorry to tell you that if you do not, if you do not sacrifice, you can't have a good relationship with God. Amen. You cannot have any good relationship with God. Amen. So you must, you must not keep that principle. So that's why when you come to church, try and do something. Try and do, and do something for God, and God will bless you. Are we blessed? Amen. The second thing that will happen if you do not volunteer as a lay person in the church is that you you will miss the you will miss your opportunity to demonstrate true faithfulness to God. You will miss the opportunity to demonstrate true faithfulness to God. Bible says in 1 Corinthians or let me say it so that you write it. You will miss your opportunity to demonstrate true faithfulness to God. True, the word is true faithfulness to God. True faithfulness. Not false faithfulness. Because the two are common. And we observe the two in our lives. Amen. True faithfulness to God. You miss your opportunity to demonstrate true faithfulness to God. Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, that it is required in steward that a man should be faithful. One of the things that is required of you by God is that you will be faithful. Amen. So how do you determine that faithfulness? You cannot determine faithfulness of a person you are paying. The person you pay, you cannot determine that, the faithfulness of that person. The person you supervise, you cannot de- determine that, the faithfulness of that person. So it's like when you go to work, somebody is perfect. That's why you are working well. That's why you are faithful. But the day that they will remove that eye from you, will you still be faithful? Will you still be faithful? You see, so some of us, 
Once again, I will use marriage because marriage is what we understand best. So you are married to a man, and the two of you are living in the same place. No, the man has not traveled away from you before. You may think that you are faithful, but let distance come. Let the man travel and go somewhere two years and we'll see you. Are you truly faithful? Amen. Leave your wife and go to your country and, and live there for two years and see where if you, you are able to keep to be faithful to your wife, then we know that you are faithful. Not under supervised that always your wife is checking, where are you? Are you on the train? Are you coming home? You see, that one you will come home because you know that that's the only place you have to go. But when you are, you are, not, you are, not, you are not in the presence of your, 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 your spouse and he, he or she is not watching you, but only that she can do is call and you can tell lies and church members are not around, then we will see whether you are truly faithful to the man you are married to. Amen. In the same way, when you are paid for the work you are doing, you do it well. So when, when you see your motivation that you use in the morning to go to work and you think you are going to, it's because of the money. It's not that you are faithful. If you want to de- demonstrate true faithfulness, go and serve there as a volunteer and we'll see whether you not leave before the time that you close. Amen. So in, in the same way, when the church is paying you for what you are doing, you do it well. I, I, look, I bet all of you, if you are paid, the church is paying people to work, you see all of you will have employment. You, you, you will not come to church late. Amen. But your only opportunity to demonstrate faithfulness is when you are not paid for what you are doing. It's when nobody is, nothing is your, you see, the thing which is like a catalyst that is making you run in the morning and you, you even wake up, you don't bath and you go to work. Oh no, you, you think I'm lying? People do not bath. Oh, I also work with people, I know. People do not bath. Yeah, because they're running late. But the church, you are not paid for. You come whatever time you want. Oh, now before, you, let me take a shower, do makeup, uh, let me iron my clothes and come. You are, there's no way that you are coming to church that you are in a hurry. Because you are not paid for what you are doing. If you are relaxed, when you come and it's not done, you say, oh, okay, I mean. I mean. Because we can also tell you that what you are doing is not fair. Because God is not supervising you. And you see, the man, the man that you are, you are relating with, can only see at just a certain distance. If he's not here, nothing can be done. He cannot do anything. He's a man. He's limited by his sight. But God's eyes everywhere. You see? So if, if you, are, you are not doing the work of God, you are doing the work of God that you are not paid, it's the only chance you have to demonstrate faithfulness. Because your workplace you are being paid for. Don't think you are faithful at work. The day that they will tell you that they remove your payment, we will see you, know, you never go to work again. And the day that you be, they will say, oh, my friend, now you don't have any supervisor. Everything determined on you. You see how you go to work. You go whenever you want. You, you, you. But now that you are being supervised, Brad John, you always rush to work. Yeah. You always rush to work. Amen. But how can you demonstrate, how can you measure a faithfulness of a person? It's by time. Time. Distance. And position. And I will explain each of them. True faithfulness of a person is determined by time. You see, today you are faithful, but we will see you tomorrow. If you, if you, you will be faithful. We will see you tomorrow. 
if you'll be faithful. Do you see? And when we make you a leader, we will see when you be faithful. When everything depends on you, and we know that people are under you that will do the work, will you be faithful to the work that God has given to you? Do you see? So you see people when they tell you go and start a Basel or area fellowship, you will see, we see the way you do the work. Do you see? It's because now you are the one in charge. But when Reverend is here, you are coming to church, you are always in running, oh, Reverend, Reverend. But when you are the main person, will you still be faithful? And distance. That's what I explained by marriage. Distance. Distance. When you have gone far and nobody can see what you are doing, will you still remain faithful? Will you still remain faithful? So the only opportunity that you have to demonstrate faithfulness to God is when you work as a volunteer or as a lay person without being paid and without being supervised. Amen. Amen. So Matthew 25, verse 14, that's the story from which I have this thing for. Bible says that a man, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling into a far country. So that means distance is coming. Then, who called unto his servants? Amen. And deliver unto them his goods. And said unto, and unto one he gave five talents, unto another he gave two, unto one he gave one talent. To everyone according to his several abilities. So the man is going. He gave them positions. Occupy till I come. Be, you, feel free. Now I'm no more in the house. I'm not supervising you. But just be there. So the man, the Bible says he took a journey to a far country. Then he gave them position. You see, he has removed supervision. And straight away he took his journey. And another, another verse in the Bible says that after a long time, he came back for them to reconcile with him. What was their reward? He was just testing their faithfulness and how good they are. That's why when he finished with them, he said, thou good and faithful servant. You see, so when you want to determine faithfulness of a person, remove supervision. God has given you authority over your life. As you are here, your life is in your hand. You think your life is in God's hand. God has given you your will. You do what you want to. The things you want to do, you are doing them. The things I want to do, I'm doing them. You see, your life is your nobody can Nobody controls your life. Unless you yourself, you want to monitor. Because the Bible, you read the Bible many times, but you do the things you want to do in them. The things that matters to you and concern you, those are the things that we do. You see, your life is your hand. That God, that's why God will probably judge you. Because he has given you your talent. What you can be and what you can do for him, he has given you. So when you become a Christian, God has given you your talent. The day that you got born again, your talent is for. The Bible says God has created us as workmanship, created unto good works. So God has given you a work in his heart, but you do not know. Do you see? But one of the amazing things about this, these servants do not know that their master will come one day and ask for them. Do you see? Your life, as you are here, is in your hands. So how are you using your life? How are you demonstrating faithfulness by the authority that God has given to you? Because if, if your life is, is in God's hand, then God should rebuke the person concerning you. But that's why God gave you authority over the enemy. So you control your life. So your life is your hand. This position that God has given you, what are you doing? How are you demonstrating faithfulness to God by the life that he has given you? It will show when you, be, you work as a volunteer. So if you do not work, you are not showing faithfulness. Amen. You see, the Bible says that in 
First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20, say that the Gentiles, they do sacrifice by the sacrifice unto devils. And then Paul continued by saying that, I wish that you know, you know have fellowship with demons. The devil, the worldly people, they also sacrifice. They also give you something. So you are here, you cannot get authority. You have authority over your children. They are your talent that God has given to you. How are, they, are you using them to serve God? How are, they, how are you allowing them to serve God? Amen. Amen. I wish, I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. To have fellowship with devil, you must sacrifice to the devil. So when we were growing, in my family house, we have something called legba. You see, um, you don't understand, but it's a demigod. And you have the sacrifice, chick, uh, what do you, hen and cock, bull and everything to do, blood, they sacrifice blood. And at the end of the year, they'll take us the, I mean like Christmas that we come here, 31st night, we pray into the night. What we do is that we go to the family house and they bat, they bat us with herbs. Uh, they said they are protecting us for the week. Anybody who is serving Satan knew that there must be a sacrifice. And if you, if you, if you as a person, will not allow God to use you, oh, certainly, that's what Satan you will serve him. Amen. So, so by then, they will take us and they will, they will oh, man. And when, when, when you are walking in town, you also feel good because that, yeah. You see? But the things you are sacrificing now, you are sacrificing, I mean, we sacrifice at work. You stay over time. But church cannot, you, we cannot get you to stay in church over closing minute. Your face has changed. Your appearance of your face has changed. Me, I have children. My children need to eat. And who doesn't have children? Who doesn't need to eat? Maybe I'm not qualified to say what I'm saying to you. Maybe a marriage person should say it to you. But remember that Jesus also Jesus wasn't married. He wasn't married. Paul wasn't married. But they talk, spoke about marriage. So li- listen to what I'm saying. I'm using the scriptures. I'm using the scriptures. He said, if you, if you come to me, you are not willing to leave your children. You see, you are not willing to sacrifice your children. God said we should love our wives. Uh, love uh, your parents, honor them. But the same God is saying that if you want to have relationship, these people you must relate to me as though they don't exist. You must relate to them as, as though they exist. So you want to keep your, your father and you, you still follow you. You cannot have a relationship with God. And I heard the story of a woman that has uh, sent their daughter to school and a lot of things. Then one day the son, or I say the son, the son rise up and kindle the man, mother. Say, Bulu, you are. <laughs> the, he, he take a whip, came the, the mother, came the mother. He said, Leave this house. Do not come here. You see, many of us are sacrificing for our children. But the, the, the way it will turn for you is that your children will rise up and become devil that you have served. It's, it, look, take it as a prophecy. If you do not take God, you are sacrificed for your father, your, this year, you don't want to. So he said, Gentiles, the things that they sacrifice, they sacrifice unto the devil. They know what they are doing. You want to want to work like a, a, a Satan. You want to live like the life like Satan. That oh, Sunday after church is family. Uh, is family. Same wife you want to romance. You want to have relationship with. The same wife will turn into a devil in your house. Your husband, go and be with your husband. Amen. I mean, take it. I'm using the word of God. Take it. Is is the word of God, not the word of man. Being at uh, babysitter. Do you know what they give them? Sacrificing for you. Because you cannot bring the child to church 
stay in church and serve God, be at Quarieza until later before you take the child home. That child that you are protecting, God will, if into, into, into something that you cannot handle. So the woman, she sacrificed, she, was, she wasn't willing to, my child go to medical school, become a medical doctor. You, later, the, the same doctor whip you. So you don't want to, you don't want to serve God. You will serve him in a different way. But Paul is saying to the church that, I wish, I know these people, they know what they are doing, but I don't want you to serve ever. Faithfulness to God, true faithfulness to God, when you work unsupervised, you work without being paid for God. So to demonstrate true faithfulness, some of us, that's the only opportunity that we have. Because whatever we do, we are being paid for it. Amen. So you must be able to volunteer. So I'm preaching about what will happen if you do not want to serve God as a volunteer or as a lay person. One of the things that you miss the opportunity, that's the only opportunity that you have. You go to heaven, God will look at you. You see, and I think that these people, they do not know that the thing that the master has given to them is, is, their, is their own property. Because God has given your life to make your life better, so I will come to him. The machine that you are going to inherit, they are for you. You think you are working for God. God is making your life better by working for him. Do you see? So it, most of us don't know the mind that God has for us. Do you see? That when you are going to have this, this will be the life that you are coming to live. Not that I'm taking those things from you. Whatever you have labored for, the souls that you win for Christ. They are, these are the people that will account for you when you get to heaven. Amen. But most of us are working as though, oh, when I'm working, I'm, I'm working for God. So the last person who has one said, you, I know that you are a wicked person. You put me in this wicked way to suffer for you. Then when I come back, so he, I have preserved my life. Take it. And say, God, the Bible said that the master said, cast him into the uh, burning furnace where there is gnashing of teeth. Amen. That's why many Christians will go to hell. You know Christ, you, you, but you don't show any faithfulness. God has put you here. He has given you time. That's why Jesus will come later, not now. Jesus, that's why Jesus has not picked you. The time that God has given you is time enough. He has given you distance. The Bible said heaven and earth is very far. You cannot, you cannot even go easily. You see? So distance has been given to you. God has left you, given you a will. He is coming. He will be coming and you will reconcile. Don't hide your talent. Let that one talent be converted to service in the house of God. And God will bless you. Amen. Amen. The next thing that will happen if you do not serve God as a volunteer or as a lay person is that you are on the verge of becoming the devil to the church you belong. Do you get that? If you do not serve God as a lay person, you are on the verge of becoming the devil to the church you belong. And I will explain that. Luke chapter 11, verse 23. Jesus said that he that is not with me is against me. And who are those that we know they are against God and against Jesus? You can only be a devil to withstand Jesus. Do you see? And he that gathereth not with me, scattereth. Amen. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me, scattereth. What that means is that God is gathering. God is working in the church. God is having people to come together. If you do not get involved, you are not gathering. You think that, oh, I'm sitting on the fence. But Jesus is saying you are against him. 
Amen. So when the, 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 the clear sign that you are against Jesus in this church is a sign that you are not working. Amen. Because God is building his church. He's not, he did not say, I have built my church. He said, I am building my church. I will build my church. So it's, it's something in progress, and you must join. So if you do not join and you are watching, and you are okay, Jesus is saying that if you are not with me in the work I'm doing, you are against me. And I'm saying that it's only a devil who, who will rise up against God. Jeremiah chapter 48, verse 10, the Bible says that curse is the man. Can you give me that in Amplified? In the New Living Translation, the Bible says, Curse are those who refuse to do God's work, who hold back their sword from shedding blood. Amen. In the New Living Translation, Curse are those who refuse to do the Lord's work. Hey! You have refused to do the work of God. The Bible says you are a cursed person. Does it sound like God really wants you to get involved? But God doesn't want you to be cursed. God wants to bless your life. So God really wants us to get involved. God wants us to do something. Amos chapter 6 verse 1. In the message version, please. Woe to you who is he on there? Okay. Woe to you who think you live on easy street in Zion. Woe to you who you woe to you who think you live on easy street in Zion. And as you know, you are seated here in Zion. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 says that we have come to Mount Zion. So the church is look, read, give me that scripture. Uh, no, that, that's not your experience at all. You have come to Mount Zion, the city where the living God resides. So this place is Mount Zion. The living God resides here. And the Bible says that, woe to those who, who think they are at ease in Zion. So you are in the church and you think you are free. Woe to you. Woe. It's like, woe. A dog barking at you. Woe. Woe to you. Who, who think you are at ease in Zion? Who think Mount Samaria is the good life? You assume you are at the top of the heap, voted the number one best place to live. Well, how many of you think the church is the best place to live? So you think that you are, the church is the best place to live, right? Okay, let's continue. Well, wake up and look around. Get off your pedestal. Take a look at Canel. Go and visit Great Hanath. Look in the gaff. Look on the gaff. Look in on the gaff of the Philistines. Doesn't that take you off your, your high horses? Compared to them, you are nothing. You are, you are not much, are you? Woe to you who are rushing headlong to disaster. Catastrophe is just around the corner. Woe to those who live in luxury, and expect everyone to serve them. Woe to you. You are, you are in this church. You want people to serve you. Woe to you. Let's continue. 
Woe to those who live only for today, indifferent to the fate of others. Woe to the playboys, the playgirls, who think life is a party just held for them. Woe to those who are addicted to good feeling. Life without pain. You are here, life without pain. You are only addicted to good feelings. <laughs> hey. Feeling good. You come to church, they are singing, you are feeling good. Woe to you. Woe to you. Good feelings. They are not good. Though. <laughs> hey. Woe to those addicted to good feelings. Life without pain. Those obsessed, obsessed with good looking. Life without wrinkles. Hey. They could not care less about their country going into ruin. You do not care less about the church being destroyed. But here is what's really coming. A forced march into exile. They will leave the country whining. A tag, a ragtag bunch of good for nothings. Mercy. So you will see clearly that God really wants you to get involved in his work. Amen. Why did the Bible say that curse is the one who does not do the work of God? Because the Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, I believe verse 27 to verse 47 to 48, that since thou will not serve the Lord thy God with joy and with gladness of heart, and for the joy of all the things that God has done for you, he will cause you to serve your enemy. I mean, give me that. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, therefore thou shalt serve thy enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee. You will serve the enemy in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, in what of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he has destroyed thee. If you don't serve God, Satan will use you. Let me tell you, no, but, uh, in, in, when we were doing anatomy and physiology, one of the things that our professor usually says is that uh, nature avoids space. Nature avoids space. You look, dig a hole in your house, you will see a sense entering. Nature avoids space. Do you see? So you, nobody is at ease. Do not think you are free. When you are not doing the work of God, Satan will find work for you. You think you are, you are free? You think you are free? Satan will find work for you. So, First uh, Timothy chapter 5, verse 13, in the book, Bishop was explaining that, uh, Paul was explaining that there are some people who are just idle, going from house to houses. First, First Timothy chapter 5, verse 13, said they were going from house to, house to houses, busy bodies, Talking about things that they're not supposed to talk about. The reason why you are talking about things you are not supposed to talk about is because you are idle in the church. It's because you are doing that. And that's the work of Satan. Because as I'm here, I do not have enough time to talk about anyone. I mean, if I'm talking about somebody, maybe Bradjon called me, did you call this person, have you? That's what I'm talking to. The people that you think I talk to, ask them when we leave church, I do not talk to them. Maybe once in a while we test. Amen. Verse 14. Give me that, I think, in... Uh, okay. I would therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, and give no occasion for the adversary to speak reproachfully. 
for, for some are already turned aside after Satan. When you are, you are free, Satan will use you. you are, God cannot use you. God cannot get you to work for him. Satan will get you to work for him. And just as if you are working for God, you are called a Christian. When you are working for Satan, you are called a devil, not Satanian. No, you are a devil. Amen. When you are working, you are not called a Satanian. Because a Christian is somebody who is working for Christ. Having a nature of Christ, working for Christ. Because the people who were called Christian, they saw them doing like Christ. The same way, if you are working for Satan, you are called a devil. That's why I'm saying that if you do not serve God as a volunteer, you are, you, you are becoming, you are on the verge of becoming Satan. Maybe you are not yet Satan, a devil. You are on the verge, on the border of becoming Satan. Almost, almost becoming Satan. Amen. So you are there. I mean, you need, you need somebody to be free, to be able to criticize somebody. The people who see the mistakes, I mean, as I'm preaching, the reason why you, you, you can criticize my preaching or what I'm saying is because you are free, you are not talking. As I'm talking, the things I'm saying, I cannot even go back to recollect what I'm saying. You see, but you can mark me. His word, English was bad. You see, because you are free. But if you are, you are standing here and you are saying this to people who are looking at you like with disinterest, you see that your thought will even get missed. Amen. But what I'm, what I'm saying is that you, you need to get somebody to be free to criticize another person. The reason why you, you are critical is because you are not doing anything. And Bishop explained that if you want to become a devil, a disloyal person, you just have to be free. Passivity. You just, you just, Satan will just ride on you like horses. So you, when, you don't, when you are not working for Christ, Satan will use you. Don't not think you are free. So you think, oh, I come to church, I go back. You have freedom. That's why you, can, you get time to talk about the pastor. Because, he, I mean, as I'm busy here, my mind is wondering, maybe after church, Reverend will say, oh, do you notice the people who are not in church? I, my mind is always, oh, who is not here? Let me, let me, let me, what's the best way to look at? I don't have time. I don't have time to talk about, you see, to criticize anybody because of the work. By you, because you are free. Because you have, you have time, every time to talk, you talk, are you a waps? Amen. You criticize, you talk about everything because somebody has just offered himself to And that's the reason why many people don't want to. You are the devil. You are, you are scattering people from God. You are against God. God is gathering, but you are really against him. Because of your talking, the way you talk. Somebody stands here, sings, and the voice means, that's the, your topic of the day. You talk about friends, you call friends who are not in church, you tell them about it. What, what life is that? Wow. What kind of life is that? You do, what you don't know is that you are not someone who is just talking. You are becoming a devil. A devil. Because if you are, we are against God, I mean, we know that Satan was the one who opposed God. You are becoming a devil. Amen. Amen. The next one, maybe the... Where's my point... Uh, if you do not serve God as this thing, you will know that everything, if you do not serve God as a volunteer, everything you do in your, with your life will be about money. You, you, everything that you do in your life. Because all of us already, all the, whatever we are doing, we are being paid for it. The only opportunity to have that you can do something that you are not being paid for is the church. And it's, it's, it's a very nice thing to work for free. So a clear sign that you, you love money and you have the love of money in your heart is that you can't do anything for free. I remember a guy when we were in primary school, when he do that, you see, high writing. 
We do something, so you rule the lines and you do it. That guy can write. Oh, because their, their father is a teacher, a primary one teacher. So I think when he was young, they were teaching him how to write. So by class three, some of us will, hey, our hands shake. When you, when you go, the, the headmistress will, con- will correct this place. You have to come back. But the guy was so good. Everything that he did, you have to pay him. You, you have to pay him. And I wasn't surprised that that guy became a thief. I wasn't so surprised. He loved money. Oh, everything, you have to pay him for what you are doing. And Bible says in the Christian chapter 5, verse 10, that they that love silver will not be satisfied with silver. Those who like women still like women. If you give them 20 women, they will still like another woman. Do you see? So you, you will never be satisfied with the things that you like. In fact, the things that you like, they are the things that will kill you. The people who like, the people who like cocaine, it's cocaine which you probably have killed them. Like I've, I've read in the news, somebody like pepper. So he took pepper. The sofa got busted. It's the pepper you like that. Anything that you like will kill you. Anything that you like. So some of us, if we do not volunteer, the money that you are chasing, that money will destroy you. Either you will steal at work and they will catch you. Your overtime will get me, they will fire you from work. It's the same thing that will destroy you. The thing that you like, the same thing that will... The, look, the thing that you like, even when somebody wants to poison you, that's what they will use. So me, me one nature, the food that I like, I don't eat in public. Wherever I go, I don't eat it. Me. You, you can, you can. Whatever you like, cook it for me. I will tell you what I like. Cook it for me. When I come to public, I will never eat that. I won't. I will never eat it. You see? You see, so whatever you... you it, I'm not saying that anybody will... But I'm saying that that's, what, that's how I live. So what, what, whatever I like, when I go to public, I don't live. Because I know that, hey, if this person know... <laughs> no, matter how you, no matter how you put it, I won't, I won't, I won't take it. Amen. Amen. So... Bible says those who that lack silver, the money that you like will never, be, will never satisfy you. The Bible says you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve. It's that you take one. And so if you are not serving God, you are serving money. Do you see? So if you are not working in the church, we know that you are serving money. Because if the money should come, you'll be here. So that's exactly what you are saying. The last one, and then we come to an end, is that you will miss the opportunity to learn obedience and submission if you do not serve God as a volunteer. You are doing something you are not being paid for. You must learn submission and obedience to do that, that kind of work. Amen. Amen. You, you, you will learn obedience and submission. If you want to learn true obedience and submission, work in the church. I'm telling you, it's the, it's the best place you will get. You want to, you want to learn how to, to be obedient? Oh, Work in the church. Work in in the church. Your life will never be the same again. Because in the church, we have wicked people. Wicked people. People that you you love, they never like you. People you pray for, they never appreciate it. People that you will call, they will be rude to you. People that you are concerned about, the church is is the church. It's the church. People, the people in the church, some of them are wicked more than unbelievers. I'm telling you, wicked people. Somebody who has... That means that, ah, why is it that the people that God was trying to die for were the people who killed God? Human beings, very, very wicked. 
Very, very wicked. In the church, I'm telling you, Christians, some of them are very, very wicked. When they see you in trouble, in, uh, your, they see your problem, they will not even tell you that this is a fault that you have. They organize coup d'etat against you <laughs> to overthrow your life and to mesmerize your life. I'm telling you, if you don't know your, I mean, me, you know yourself, oh, that's some, Christ, uh, some of us, very, very wicked. Very, very wicked. Very, very wicked. And you must know that if you are here to serve a wicked person, you must be, you must be obedient to the call of God upon your life to serve a wicked person. People that you, you hear that they talk about you, but you still have to speak with them, shake hands with them, and love them, call them. People who have meetings about you and discuss you, these are the same people that you are serving. You must learn obedience and uh, submission. So Paul said, we are fools for Christ. Fools. You must become a fool to serve a church in the church. So if you are not serving the church, oh, I'm telling you, the work, people, oh, you are the boss. When you are coming, everybody is, you are, they will give you that respect. They will use your badge on and they know that their life depends on you. Come to the church and become the boss in the church. See. You see. People are wicked. When they get a problem, they will call you all right. When the problem is solved, oh, they don't know you. Don't take yourself out of what I'm saying. You, you are, look, you are a wicked person. <laughs> and I, I, I am that I'm here. I know him. I'm, I'm so wicked. So, so wicked. I'm telling you. And I'm, I'm wicked both to human beings and to God. Because they don't say you are wicked. God has done a lot for us. For God to kill his son for you. I mean, actually God killed him. He did kill him for us. Sacrifice him. And you look at what you are doing. Are you, are you being fair to God? Wicked. He has sacrificed his life for you. Bible says without controversy, God has, has manifested himself in. So God actually killed himself for you. What are you doing for God? What are you doing to his wickedness? A wicked lover is a, a lover that you love. I cannot show you love back. So the person is a wicked lover. Amen. Uh, let's read our last scripture from... Uh, but are we blessed? Yes. Do, you, do you feel like you have learned something today? Yes. yes. Uh, let's uh, read 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 19. Uh, from verse 9. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 9. Let's read from the message version. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 9. From the message. Paul said, It seems to me that God has put us to, to bear his message. It seems to me that God has put us who bears his message on a stage in the theater in which, every, in which no one wants to buy a ticket. We are something everyone stands around and stare at like an accident in the street. We are the Messiah's misfit. You might be sure of yourself, but we live in the midst of frieties and uncertainties. You might be well thought of by others, but we are mostly kicked around. Much of the time we don't, much of the time we don't have enough to eat. We wear patched and threadbare clothes. We get doors slammed in our faces. How many of you have been to evangelism and people slam their doors on you? You see, only few people experience that. You go and they tell you, the, the, this lens, 
They'll tell you, oh, I don't need you. That's what Paul was describing. And we, we pick up all jobs anywhere we can to eke out a living. Amen. He said we pick out all jobs. So if you want to serve God, even you are, there are some jobs you, need, you just pick up. You see? And one of the things I will use, I will use myself as a, an example. You see, I, since I've been here, they are, I've been offered a lot of opportunities that I've turned because of church. For instance, I've been given the opportunity in school to serve in any office that I want in New York, from the mayor's office. But I look at it and say, it will take me from church. And the money that they offered was a good money. Do you see? But I have to turn it down. So just to take a job that maybe I do not really, maybe it's not what I would like to do. If I, I can show you the letter. I have them plenty. Oh, come, you can do this work at the school's uh, this thing, I turn them down. Because I know that it will certainly not afford me the time to be in church. So I have to take job that, any job, anything, just to be able to have time to come to church. So when you see and we are talking about jobs, it seems that some of us are not talking about our jobs. It's not that you, 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 are, you are, but we take just anything to eke out a living so that we will just have to serve God. And when you want to have relationship with God, you have to do such things. You cannot, it's not worth it for you to sacrifice your, you see. I mean, mention any office in, in this that you want to work, and I, I will list it out on that paper for you. They said you can choose any office that you want to work. My side will let it go. Amen. So if you see me Sunday here, maybe you think I don't like overtime. Oh, all of us love the money. You see, but to, to, to be able to serve God, to be able to get the work of God done, that's why we take the jobs that we do. So when you are missing your job by you take this, you end this, don't be, don't be surprised. Maybe probably you don't compare to where, some, if we're also supposed to follow our hearts. You don't compare, you cannot even sit with us and eat. Amen. Probably less machine qualification or what you have or what you have achieved. You see. But you, you get people talk at you anyhow. Just because you are doing the work of God. People talk to you, kick you out, talk about you anyhow. Amen. Amen. So Paul was said that we have become fools for Christ. That's what he was telling the church. Take out jobs that this thing. But I will encourage you all to learn from our father. When you see him here, 24 hours he's working so that he can be in church. 24 hours. When he tells you, me, you know, that's why you cannot become a pastor. To work with, that's why he can pray for you and things will happen. You pray for yourself, nothing happens. Wow. He's a man of authority, close to God. Don't, don't, you think God hears everyone? Some of you, when you pray, oh. I think with, with the prayer, prayer group, I share a, a, a scripture with you during the week. Uh, is it Proverbs 28 something? That God doesn't listen to people. Uh, God doesn't, the, your prayer is of no use to God when you do not listen to him. You think you are praying a God, oh, my friend, forget it. Forget it. You come up prayer line, you shout, nothing, nothing will happen to you. Amen. So Paul said that even, even, even the clothes that we wear is for the sake of the ministry because we don't have enough. You see, but if we were supposed to wear, all of us like designer clothes. I'm asking you, I wear nice ties, fine ties. You see, it's, but it's because of maybe the suit that you will buy. You know that I cannot afford. If I'm, 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 look, I'm so hardworking. And if you think you are hardworking, try, how many jobs do you do? You do only one. Probably you go six hours. I do four things at a time. How many things can you combine? 
You, you are not, you are, I'm so complex. As I'm a young man, but very complex. <laughs> very, very complex. You may think I'll be thinking about just one thing. I think about four things at the same time. Wow. As you are here, me, as we are in church, I'm also in, in the Bible school of the church. You don't know. I'm also enrolled in that school. Steady work at night and I have school to, to, to attend to. Taking full time. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We, we, have, we have a lot a lot of things at hand. So Paul said that Paul said we pick up all jobs anywhere we can to eke out a living. When they call us names, we say, God bless you. When they spread rumors about us, we put in a good word for them. We are treated like garbage, potato peelings from the coaches. Uh, kitchen, and it's not getting any better. I am not writing all this as a brotherhood squad just to make you feel rotten. I am writing as a father to you, my children, or my brothers. I love you and want you to grow up well, not spoiled. There are a lot of people around who can't wait to tell you what you have done wrong, but there aren't many fathers willing to take the time and effort to help you grow. It was Jesus helped. It, it was as Jesus helped me proclaim God's message to you that I became your father. I am not, I'm not, as you know, asking you to do anything that I'm not already doing. So this is the word of God. This is the word of God to us. So you will learn submission. Humility, true humility is learned in the church. The work, the work that you do, you submit yourself because you want money. But when you are not paid and you have to humble and serve people, come and learn true service in the church and God will bless you. Shall we be on our feet? Amen. Amen. But are we blessed today? Yeah. Amen. We must serve God. We must give our all to God. Amen. Your little that you can contribute, the small time that you have, is worth it in the house of God. Jesus said, whatsoever you have, place it in my hands. You can tell God that oh, this is all that I have. And you can use it for your use. Take my life and make it what you want it to be. Because you really deserve my life. Somebody pray and commit your life to God and say, God, take my life and use my life. Use me. Some of us probably have to say sorry to God for how we have treated him and his work. Father, we are sorry.
sing it as a prayer unto God. Tell God to draw you close. Don't ever let me go. I lay all down again. Lord, take our lives. Take our lives. To hear you say that I'm Pass Lord. Help me find a way. Lord, and bring me back to you. Again, Lord, you sit for your glory. To hear you say that I'm your friend. You are my desire. No one else. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Bring me back to you. Time, I want you to lay hands on your heart and talk to God. You know where your deficiency is, you know where you are falling short. This is the word of God unto you. 
Bible says a man came to God and by God Jesus told him go and sacrifice your sell your things and give it to the poor Bible says the man went very sorrowful the message is if you can't sacrifice anything for God you cannot have a good relationship with him and then Jesus said how hard it is for those who have riches to enter into the kingdom of God but it's so much easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Pray to God and say, God, I know everything is possible with you. Help me to live my life for you. To, oh Lord, that I may not use my life to serve Satan. That all my days, oh God, I will have a heart for you. To serve you. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Father, look at the desire of this one, O oh God. You have seen the heart of your children. Oh Lord, how broken they are and how sorry they are for not giving their all to you and not serving you to their best. Father, look at us with your merciful eye. This evening we ask nothing but your mercy, your grace to be able to serve you as lay people, as volunteers. We are so grateful for your truth and your kindness. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence which is here with us. We are so blessed and we are grateful. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Change our hearts. May we not be just hearers of this word. Father, I pray that as many as heard this word, O oh God, let there be a transformation in the name of Jesus. Let there be a turnaround in our church. That it will be said of us that the church is full of 100% workers. We give you glory. We love you, Lord. We love your spirit. We love you, Jesus. Do as you please with our lives. We surrender all to you. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Please, with all eyes closed again, you are here. You are not born again. In fact, as you are standing here, you have no relationship at all with Christ. One time, somebody came to Jesus. And after answering a very marvelous question, Jesus told him that you are not far from the kingdom. You may be in church, you are not yet in the kingdom. You know within your heart that you've, you don't have any relationship with God. And Bible says, Whosoever shall reject me this day, as I also denounce in the presence of my father, you do not want to go to hell, but you want to go to heaven. But you don't know the way how you will go. Bible says, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This afternoon, you want to call upon the name of the Lord, and you want to say, God, I, am, I want to receive you as my Lord, a personal Savior. I want you to lift up your hand, up above your hand. Somebody invited you, you have no intention that this will be done in church, but you know this is your status, that if you should die today, you have no personal relationship with God. Ladies and gentlemen, in that day, in that faithful day, you cannot make that decision. The decision you make now is what will carry you over to that place. But you want to say, Jesus, I want to accept you as my Lord, your personal Savior. I want you to lift up your hand and I will pray with you. Do not assume that the person standing by you 
or because your friend is a Christian, you are also a Christian. It's a personal relationship with God. Do not be proud. Be humble and surrender your life to God. Bible says at the last day, every knee shall bow. Make sure your knee does not bow too late for God. Today is the day and God is here to save you. My brother, I can see your hand. Lift it up. Lift it up. Thank you very much. I want you to take a bold step and come forward. I want you to take a very bold step and come forward. Do not be shy. Be encouraged. You are accepting Jesus Christ. Not a man. Not a man. It's a great decision. It's a great decision that you are taking. For Christ, somebody put your hands together for the Lord. to the Lord. Is there anyone here who want to make this decision? You want to come to Jesus? Let God have his way in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to close your eyes and say this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus I, thank you I thank you for the gift of salvation. For the gift of salvation. I thank you, I thank you for dying for me. For dying for me. Jesus, Jesus I, I, know I know that I'm a very bad person. I am a very wicked person. A very wicked person. Jesus, Jesus, I am a sinner. I'm a sinner. But you died for my sins. Today, I accept you as my Lord and my personal Savior. Jesus, Jesus please, accept me please accept me as your son. As your son. Come, into my life. Come into my life. Come and be the Lord of my life. Help me to live for you. Help me to serve you all the days of my life. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying for me. Say, Satan, I will no longer live for you. I am bought by the blood of Jesus. I am purchased by the blood of Jesus. I am for Jesus. I will live for Jesus. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Lord. And I love Jesus. I have no relationship with you, Satan. From today, our relationship is over. I am for Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me as your son. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Somebody shout hallelujah to God. My brothers, you have made a very important decision of your life. I'm, I'm sure that Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International Bronx North Branch Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say well done my good and faithful servant join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message Bye,
so t-